The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come on four. Down to the strike. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be? Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Welcome to this week's edition of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. My name's Justin Prince. Alongside me is Taylor Burris with our producer, Richard Colbreth, as we get ready for episode 63 of the iRacers download. Lots to talk about this week with a brand new iRacing build and multiple different major series getting kicked off and geared on forward for the summer months. Taylor, it's been a busy week to say the very least, but as we get things started, we get the chance in the next few moments to talk with one of the busiest broadcasters in the sim racing world and one of its longtime veterans, Will Vincent. It certainly is a lot of great news to talk about in the world of iRacing. And of course, Will Vincent, who is such a knowledgeable person when it comes to the world of iRacing. We have seen him time and time again being the voice of some of the biggest iRacing events all across the service, whether it be leagues, special events, as well as even real life events happening involving the world of esports competition. But we got to get things started with this and welcome Will Vincent and Will I got to say, I appreciate the time, of course, being over across the pond in the UK. Very difficult as it is a l- close to midnight your time, but we thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us here on the iRacers download. Hey, guys. Yeah, good to be with you. It's all right. I don't sleep anymore anyway. Too much work to do. So happy to be with you guys. Of course. Well, let's get things started and talk to a little bit about how you got involved with esports and iRacing, per se, in the world and how were you able to come across it? um got involved in esports with r factor about 2009 back when the modding community was actually pretty good then kind of got a bit bored with r factor back then they had that whole thing where trying to set up a server was about as complicated as launching a space shuttle so i was working for student radio at the time at my university and was stuck in a really boring committee meeting came across an advert which had dan weldon who was talking about iRacing, clicked the link, filled in my details, got my three-month subscription, and before I knew it, I blinked. It's 2022, and I've been on iRacing for 12 years now. And what a absolutely career you've had. Maybe for not to say the racing side, but the broadcasting side. I mean, you have covered things from world championship events to 24-hour endurance series to even taking part of even working with iRacing in some of their commercials and social media outlets. Phenomenal work. What made you want to create and come up with the idea of broadcasting on the iRacing service, especially with RaceBot? Um, so to put it simply, it started, I used to run an iRacing league. I wanted to get a broadcast done and basically the person took my money and ran. Broadcast didn't happen. Second time I tried to do a broadcast was one of the most difficult circumstances I ever had when we were trying to do a charity race for Dan Weldon just after he lost his life at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That was a time when broadcasting, there was basically three companies at the time. You had 
what is the kind of public version of PSR TV? And then you had two other groups of people and there was nothing there at all, basically. And 2012, there was a company called Glacier TV that kind of came out and were doing some stuff. And I approached them about doing some broadcasts for me. And because I was a dirt cheap student back then, I was like, well, I do student radio. I've done some odd commentary for jokes when I was at school. Uh, I'll do the commentary. Before I know it, I got asked whether or not I can cover an event because someone cancelled. And before I know that, two weeks later, I was doing the 2.4 hours a Daytona, then a Daytona 500, and then covering six, seven races a week. And I, I talk a lot about Glacier TV um, in the story on our website. So if you go to racebot.tv, click on the story section, there's a lot there because it's very complicated and I don't want to get sued. I don't want you guys to get sued anyway. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that happened. And 2013, basically, I was in a situation where we had a contract to Glacier TV for the iRacing World Championship Grand Prix Series, but iRacing did not want Glacier TV to carry on doing the coverage, but they wanted me to commentate it. So I had the situation of trying to get a group of people together who could do the broadcasting element of that, literally 48 hours notice. I'd been already doing some conversations with my business partner, Hugo, and um, the other business partner at the time, Rafael Sanke, who does iRacing Brazil, which is now IRBE Sports. And before we knew it, we kind of had a concept. They had the name RaceBot, which was originally going to be like a digital magazine sort of thing. Chucked that all together, and before we knew it, RaceBot kind of existed and then grew, and then we started doing some stupid things like running our own 24-hour races. And before I know it, pretty much every person and their dog wanted us to do broadcasts for them and what a career you've done i mean you are currently working with some of the most popular i-racing series whether mostly towards the open wheel side but also cover oval racing series and of course for quite some time you of course were covering the i-racing grand prix world championship for quite a number of years seeing a wide variety of champions coming through the ranks of, with for, the open wheel style championships but over your time since being on the service in 2011, what changes have you seen that have kind of been like a, a kind of aha moment or a interesting moment that you've pointed out since joining the service? I think you can break it down to three different categories. Um, the first one would be the professionalization of teams. I think that really started because back when I was starting commentating the World Championship on pre-series you basically had five or six teams you had team redline who still exists you had 3id gaming which is now commander esports via some separations and stuff you had inex racing you had um apex racing and radicals they were, they were basically the big six teams in terms of the, the kind of roadsider stuff and you had about seven eight teams in terms of nascar what i've really seen i think this really started around 2015 2016 is more and more professionalism a, in terms of how teams work and how they function, but the kind of business management side about that as well. No longer are people just racing for the fun. They're racing specifically to make this uh, kind of like semi-professional semi kind of life for themselves. The prize money still is not anywhere near the rest of esports. And yeah, we had the Visa um, EPRI with a million dollars, which is possibly the worst ever broadcast you could have for a million dollar prize pool but teams professionalism that's number one number two 
would be sponsorship. And back when, you know, you go back six, seven years ago, getting sponsorship on a car, paying them a couple of hundred dollars, there you are, you're on the side of the car. Sponsorship was basically pocket money. It was beer money at the end of a race for some of these drivers. Whereas now you've got not only major sponsors, you look at things like Williams Esports and they've got their Fnatic, they've got Chill Blast, they've got Razor, names that people actually know. You then also got actual automotive partners partnering up. So it's not quite sponsorship, but it's that kind of works customer model. You've got Porsche, who, of course, just recently did that huge announcement with having the professional sim racing team with Coando Esports. You've got Team Redline, who have got a, a kind of really interesting situation developing a BMW at the moment. You've got that, as I say, Williams Esports. Then you've got the, the car people, R8G and all that sort of stuff. So that's number two. And then the third one, and this is not to really blow our own horn, but it's the development in broadcasting. Because when I joined the service back in 2010, you could actually get a DVD of the broadcast that you spent $400 from, from Web Racing Network. And the quality was, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that one. But <laughs> from there... Uh, when we started, you know, there was no YouTube streaming. We were using Justin TV or live stream or something else, and it wasn't integrated. It was horrific for people to get to watch your broadcast. YouTube streaming was the first major way in which you could actually get people consolidated into the model. You've now got the YouTube fans and the Twitch fans, and of course, if you know what you're doing, you can stream to both of them at the same time, which is really good. But actually, the improvements in terms of the quality of broadcast has been substantial. Back when I started doing this properly, and, you know, let's say 2014, 2015, pretty much any commentator would be using a, a Blue Yeti. Plug it into a USB device. It's a crap microphone, in my opinion. But it worked at the time, whereas now, the majority of commentators that work with us who do high-profile events are using industry-standard equipment. So, you know, $500, $600 broadcast headsets, decent, proper interfaces and all this sort of stuff. So the audio has improved, the professionalism of the commentators has improved, and even though it's still pretty much impossible to do a 4K native broadcast, and anyone that's claiming to do a 4K broadcast is lying because they're upscaling. But that's another issue which goes into single core processing and everything. But the, the actual quality of the broadcasts, it's gotten to the point where I was working with Eurosport for the virtual Porsche Mobile One series back in 2020 when COVID hit. And they turned around and said to us that, you know, the quality of the, the production stuff was, you know, it looked as though it was a race broadcast. It wasn't a game broadcast. And that really opened up Eurosport size as to how they could actually integrate esports down the line. And I think we hit that moment in terms of quality and realism of driving that made what was a very niche product into something which goes more towards the kind of casual viewership side of things. It's been incredible to say the least, a lot of the progression over the years with all the changes you mentioned, Will. One thing stayed constant throughout that progression as well, though, where since 2013, you've been the quote-unquote voice of the iRacing Indianapolis 500-mile race, more than 15 virtual Indianapolis 500-mile races in your career. Talk about the start on progressing to the open-wheel side, which 
in turn has led to major opportunities on that side as well in the biggest times of the month of May. So I've always been an IndyCar fan. And again, I'm going to mention him for the third time. Dan Weldon, kid who grew up in Emberton, just outside of Milton Keynes. My local newspaper on a Thursday, I used to be delivering it, doing my paper round. Get to the back page, we didn't have a football team, so it was all based on motorsport. You had, at the time, Jaguar Racing, or Stuart Racing, if you want to go that far back. You know, pretty mediocre Formula One team. Then you had this news starting to come out of this kid who's racing in America and is winning races, won the Indy 500, all this sort of stuff. And I became an IndyCar fan basically because of Dan Weldon. I'd been watching it beforehand, but I really became an IndyCar fan around the middle of the 2000s. And then I got into iRacing, and I have actually raced once in the top split of the iRacing Indy 500. I did pathetic. I finished, I think, 16th. But it was almost my kind of like ambition to want to call one of those Indy 500s. I, I, at that time, I wasn't thinking, God, I want to do the lead commentary. I want to do this, that, and the other. I just wanted to be on the broadcast at the start. And the way it kind of worked originally is that PSR TV as part of their contract with iRacing, they had the Indy 500 as part of their package. That's back when they used to just be the one race on Saturday at 5 p.m. UTC. Everyone would watch it. And eventually, I actually, I think it was 2013, I got my first Indy 500 call working with PSR TV, Tim Terry. And then from there, they kind of opened things up. And before we knew it, we had, I think it was 2015, Racebot had full kind of like broadcast rights to the Indy 500. And, you know, I did the first one. First one, I was actually commentating live in America, um, in Indiana, with, at a friend's house, laptops and leads. And I couldn't literally move because... If I did, the headset would cut out. Following year, Aaron Likens and I were actually going to do it live from Indianapolis. However, that was the year of the <clears throat> server fails. And then since 2015, it's just kind of been the thing. And I, I, it, I don't actually go back and watch a lot of my broadcasts, but I do occasionally go back because I have to do research, etc. And it's just been an incredible journey going from, you know, kind of green in terms of esports commentary to kind of where I am now in 2022. Of course, I took a year off last year because, to be honest, my mental health was in such a state. I just couldn't deal with everything going on with COVID, etc. But looking at 2022, looking at the differences, I think that for me, back when I started, it was about trying to make an impression. Now it's about having fun. And that's the major thing with a lot of this is the fun factor has always been a major part of the broadcast side and in the racing side of the sim racing world. And one of the names you mentioned right there, and Aaron in particular, he is amongst someone who now works in the real world for IndyCar competition as a flagman. Several other broadcasters with RaceBot TV have gone on to call major events in the real world. What's kind of your take on that to see the progression from race spot to the real world and that connection that's built up for some of your commentators. I'm glad that the people that's doing it now are getting treated better than the people that were doing it 10 years ago. 
Um, so 2012, 13, I think it was 2013, Autosport International, there was a, a competition where you do this kind of like live commentary piece, you get 10 people put into the finals, someone gets a chance to then commentate a British GT series or something for the year. That was a prize. Uh, myself and another commentator who was working with us at the time got um, put into the final. He won it. And the way that they were treated was, okay, congratulations, you've won this prize. You're paying for your gas mileage to get to the venue. You're paying for your hotel. You're paying for your food. We're just giving you the privilege of making loud noises and talking to people at a racetrack. So back then, it was almost as if it you, you were you were doing some silly fan vote just to get the opportunity to do an unpaid internship. Whereas you go forward now and, you know, Aaron, the work that he does with IndyCar is a complete and utter dream for him. I remember when he first waved the green flag in the month of May at, at the Indianapolis Mono Speedway, I still got the video of that. That was a really big moment for him. And in fact, for all of us here at Racebot as well, You've got people like um, Chaz Draycott right now, who's doing work with um, the Renault Clio Cup in Europe. And I was, I was looking on his Facebook feed the other day and thinking back to the way that the other commentator was treated and the way that Chaz is being treated now. This is not just some kind of pity gig, gig to, you know, someone that's in esports. Oh, we've got someone that can, you know, do some work for us for chief. He's fully integrated into that team. The same way that Evan Prosoko, who's worked with us um, for a number of years on the E-NASCAR coverage, you know, he, he's not just the pity kid from esports. He's doing incredible work out there. We've got some of our talent now who are working with Radio Show Limited, the people that do Radio Le Mans. And the way that they've been integrated into the RSL team, I think um, Eve and John are doing a really good job in bringing up some new talent who have got the esports background and to bring back the professionalism word after i had the opportunity to go to road atlanta and work with um eve and john etc one of the things i actually brought back was a need for us to improve the way that we acted professionally and did the research did the homework do the basics right all that sort of thing and seeing that pay off for people that work with Racebot, who, to be fair, they're doing this off their own talent, but we're just being able to help, hopefully, provide a platform for people who have got real talent to shine, to then hopefully end up working for some of these big series, because we can just highlight how good they are. And I think that COVID's been a massive part of this, because there was a stage where everyone was just coming in with their commentary team saying oh we've done this for 20 years we can do this esports stuff and they can't they don't understand little things like netcode they don't understand little things the quirks of the simulator how they do white flags how pit stops work how you tell if the tires are being changed all that sort of stuff and it took about three four months but eventually the the kind of like brick and mortar commentators have started to integrate esports commentators into esports feed and the translation over to them what i like to call brick and mortar motorsports i hate saying the world real world because sim racing is still real world but being able to transfer commentators in that way i think has been incredible and it it just shows a level of dedication that people are putting into their craft these days that progression's been huge for a lot of the broadcasters and 
know for a lot of the those you mentioned reference peter mckay comes up to mind for example from the radio show limited opportunities that opportunity came pretty quickly for people such as mckay with the work he did with that crew in the virtual races within a few months had the real world opportunities you refer to yeah indeed and this is the whole thing on one hand we like to train we like to develop people but there's people that that's come to work for race but that have had lots of experience doing other stuff then a lot of our work is you know there's a lot of egotism in the sim racing broadcasting world uh, more than i'd like there to be but actually what i really like is the opportunity to showcase talent and we're, we're launching our new strategy in a couple of weeks time and a big part of that is making sure that we showcase talent we showcase teams we enable people to not just say oh i'm an esports broadcaster i'm an esports broadcaster with experience in doing all these other stuff that is expected when you go to do commentary at a racetrack because you know it's not a case of show up shout some loud noises get back into the car and go home there's so much work that's involved in that and i think that by 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 we are very strict we started off as a fun company and i remember around 2017 one of our people said oh this used to be really fun it's not as fun anymore yeah it's not because of the fact that we have standards and i hold incredibly high standards hugo who of course is my business partner is exactly the same because for me a sponsor isn't going to go and just watch the last world championship broadcast or the last indy 500 broadcast before they come and make us some form of like you know sponsorship deal or opportunity like that they're going to go and watch this random broadcast that had no one watching it or doing something with it and i think that once you start building in the aspects of professionalism to that we make more rounded people that can then go out and work in industry compared to it just being a case of hey do you want to do a broadcast great thanks very much see you soon exactly on that mark and was going to ask a bit about that strategy of course that being announced fully with the opportunity for the public as well to be able to ask questions about that in early july and that's a critical thing keeping the professionalism up on top of that as well as trying to build the talent for the virtual reality pipeline to be able to keep on progressing forward. Yeah. And there's so many little posters and stuff you can talk about how you develop and all this sort of stuff. But my, my simple approach has always been, you know, we do the basics better than anyone else. And we try to make sure we nail the basics and we want people to do the homework. We want people to appeal enthusiastic and you know hone their own craft become their individual i've always joked that if a commentator was to send me a showreel and they had the it's lights out and away we go then the first thing i would say to them is you need to go and adapt a sense of personality no one should be imitating david croft david croft is a legend and by the way ever since 2020 for some reason he's become even more incredible on f1 broadcast i really enjoy his work at the moment but you shouldn't be aspiring to be david croft you shouldn't be aspiring to be martin haven or john hindorf or bob costas or anyone else like that you should be aspiring to be the best in your own craft because if you can be the best individual you are you're going to be far much more successful than just trying to replicate what someone's done in the past and 
that's a big part of what I always I, I always like our commentators to kind of become themselves rather than just trying to be a replication of someone else. And I've had people say to me, oh, I want to be the next you. I want to do this, that, and the other. It's like, great. Find your own sense of identity first. Then come back and you'll find out that you'll be far more engaging, far easier to work with. And the only other thing I like to say about that is people need to realize once in a while that they just need to leave their egos to one side. Because, again, you know, this is an industry of egos, but it's so much more fun. And to talk about races, for example, I really enjoy doing endurance race broadcasts at the moment. I, I kind of get bored of doing the short 20, 30 minute races, hype, hype, hype. An endurance race broadcast is great for me because I feel like I'm doing a little bit of orchestra maestro. We have the fun, we chat, the cars are on track, we point out the important stuff and we, we loop it together. And the thing about an endurance broadcast is that you have to have complete faith in the people working with you because otherwise you're just going to get bored and start talking about the weather for the fourth time in an hour. And the teamwork that comes into endurance racing, I think if people can learn to do endurance race commentary well, they can pretty much do anything. Well, as we come to a close on this, Will, when will we see you next time on a broadcast coverage? We know we have the virtual Watkins Glen six-hour event happening this weekend. Will we see you on that broadcast? And if not, where can people go to follow you as you pursue this career in the world of race spot commentary and esports broadcasting? So, yes, I am doing Watkins Glen. I'm actually trying to do as many of the iRacing special event endurance broadcasts as possible for this year, um, raising some money for charity. You can find details about that on Racebot TV's website. Raising money for a charity called Calm, which is a male mental health charity in the UK. So I'm doing that, and then uh, I'm doing the rest of the special events. I'm doing some work with some great people, Next Level Racing, Ford Zillow at the moment. Um, ironically, broadcasting is just the very small part. The commentary is a very small part of my work at Racebot these days. Um, I basically head up our business management department. We've got some very exciting news that I hope to bring to people in the next couple of months, which will hopefully be positive for everyone. Um, but I've just basically got to spend my time trying to balance out when I can do the, the fun talky talk bit and when I'm not sat there writing yet another 30,000 word document. Well, when you're ready to make that announcement, we'll have to have you back on here on the iRacers download to talk about that. But once again, thank you for your time. That is Will Vincent on the iRacers download. Coming up, news of the week as you're listening to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burris back here with Justin Prince and our producer, Richard Colbreth, as we had an exciting interview with one of the most, I had to say, memorable voices when it comes to esports and sim racing commentary. Will Vincent from RaceBot TV joined us. And it's amazing to see what the future holds for RaceBot TV, as well as esports broadcasting in general with that company. And Will Vincent is definitely a pioneer when it comes to sim racing broadcasting. That's an understatement and a half because without people like Will, like Hugo Louise, who we talked about a few times, the business partner in that conversation, who's a big player in terms of the production side these days as well. Who knows where sim racing is right now on the broadcast side? 
it's incredible to see the progression through the years and in turn excited to see how the plan he's talking about comes into play in the next month or so for race spot to see how the next step of their strategy moves forward to keep things developing forward and keep that professionalism up to try and continue to move not just the talent on up through the ranks but also elevate that quality to be able to showcase the talent of the community in turn. It certainly is. And it's going to be exciting to see what that future holds for the company of race spot TV. And of course you can catch all the action of race spot pretty much every day of the week. There's always something going on with race spot TV and, you will also get to hear is yours truly, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince, on some of those broadcasts throughout the week. So just make sure to go check them out on YouTube as well as all other social media platforms. But it is now time to get to the news of the week. And first off, we have to talk about the iRacing Companion app is now available. They were talks for an app coming out for a couple of weeks now, but it has officially launched. And I got to say, looking through this app, Justin, it's a really good app companion app to utilize when it comes to your sim racing as far as scheduling looking to see if there's future races coming up that you can make if you're out and about and as well as just a lot of great stats that you can go over and remember this is more so on the development of the unofficial app that originally was its predecessor now that with this investment i think it really takes it to the next level and then some to be able to help drivers organize themselves be able to set things up properly because Technically, some of these features were, on, were on through the website for several years, as we know, Taylor. But the tough thing for that is you need to be at home for a lot of this tracking. Now, officially, you can keep up with the official schedule, the upcoming races, the reminders. And I've already seen a lot of different people promoting the, this app already to be able to keep up with their race-by-race race performances and keep up with the exact totals of even their I-rating and how it's progressing or in some cases, I've seen declining as a result of troubles. In other words, it's a very, I think, necessary app almost like at this point, if you want to take things seriously. It certainly is. And of course, you can download the iRacing Companion app on all major app stores. So whether it's Google Play, the Apple iStore. So it's a lot of great opportunities. Go check it out. Download it today to look around and have some fun with it as you continue on your iRacing career. Some other news as far as the development side with iRacing and Orentis Games as they lay the long-term foundation for development in the world of drag racing. Drag coming to PlayStation and Xbox along with additional new products is some of the is being designed for future releases out of the Orentis Game and iRacing platform as they work together to share their strategies for continued product development over the next few years. And that's that game we talked about a little bit when it first came to be remember with the off-road features that in turn opened the door for the dirt progression and development on iRacing as a whole and for those who have seen drag it is very picturesque it's a company that went and released it as an early access title back in 2020 and the game itself is stunning and very technical when it comes to its features but with this investment in turn i think it's huge to branch to the console side open up the door in the markets. They are on top of the PC market. And the interesting thing, again, is how it builds up for the future because there's been a lot of talk on how these investments will go and come to be in the next couple of weeks or so in iRacing in particular. Certainly is, of course, the big one that we're talking about in the future is iRacing and the World of Outlaws creating a World of Outlaws racing game for consoles such as the PlayStation and the Xbox 
As we'll hear more information in the coming weeks, make sure to stay tuned on the iRacers download for more news updates. Also in news of iRacing, we also have to talk about it is week one of the brand new season, season three. Justin, a lot of great content was released at the start of the season. We touched on some of it last week, of course, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it of some of the new features, new content, as well as all the exciting goodies that iRacing released. I've been impressed with the new content so far, seeing a lot of the races that have gone there, but I'm really more so intrigued on some of the updates to such of the next new damage model, I should rather say. When it comes to the new damage model for the next-gen car in particular, Taylor, because remember, that was old damage model for a long time for the stock cars, and guess what? Now, you make a bit of contact with the wall, you might have your tire dragging you into the next safer barrier in the next corner if you don't realize that you broke your suspension. It will be a much more challenging experience, and I think in turn, a lot of the updates brought about with the build, I think are necessary updates in turn and have been very well executed so far. I'm really intrigued again to see how the drivers react in turn in the most cases because I've called a couple races with some of these updates where a few of the drivers have had major battles to say the least, Taylor, with some of the updates. But I think once you get to the learning curve long term, it is better for the service as a whole. It certainly is, and it's going to only keep getting better, especially as we progress through the rest of Season 3 of 2022 and also get ready for Season 4. It's, it's already believed. We already just one week in, but I'm pretty sure everyone's already kind of wondering what does the new season hold as we get through the 2022 Season 3 calendar for mm -hmm. this round. And I got to say, we still have some great things coming up. In fact, this weekend, we touched on it briefly with Will, the iRacing Watkins Glen six-hour special event is this weekend utilizing the IMSA cars, which is the Delara LMP2, along with many other GT3 cars utilized in the IMSA competition. So it's going to be another exciting and busy weekend as we see the Watkins Glen six-hour event. Of course, a huge opportunity for drivers to showcase what they can do as well, because on top of it being a major special event, remember the term iRacing VCO Grand Slam? It's the second stage of the Grand Slam this year with this event. So it's a big opportunity for drivers to showcase what they can do with lots of attention brought about for the race in turn, for the top foot competition. But also when it comes to Watkins Glen and Taylor in, in general, it's a racetrack that always puts on phenomenal racing and is really intriguing on how you play it out, especially the run through the boot in particular, to be able to properly execute the top times around the circuit. A few teams, I think, will have some challenges, but overall, it's one of the top facilities for a reason. Keep in mind, five lots of 50i racing credits amongst the rewards that are given to random viewers of the racing for each event for the Grand Slams for VCL. It is a great opportunity. So make sure that if you're not able to race in this event to go check it out on RaceSpot TV as we will look forward to it. I don't think either one of us is going to be racing in this event this weekend. Justin, are you planning on racing in it? Well, good news is after some thoughts and a lot of discussions and some posts here and there, I, I ended up keeping the wheel I was trying to sell. Bad news. It's defective out of the box. Selling at words, no. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I don't, I've yet made a decision yet either if I'm running in the six hours. I have run it in the past in the GTLM category several years ago, came home with a top 10 finish there, but I've just been busy with other opportunities here in the world of e-brock, sim racing and esports. But this is, of course, the third event that imitates the IMSA WeatherTech series, as we'll have one more event later on this year, Petit Le Mans, the 10 hours at Road Atlanta later on in the fall, which is going to be another exciting event. But stay tuned for more action as we go over that and review this event next week on the iRacers download. But with that, Justin, it's hard to believe another episode has come to a close I mean, we have a lot to, to discuss next week. We have, of course, the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series next week at Nashville. So many other exciting things that will happen between now and the next episode of the iRacers Download. Final thoughts as we look ahead to the future. Lots of busy action, to say the very least, in the next couple of weeks or so. Very, very intrigued. See how a lot of the racing goes, especially when it comes to eNASCAR competition making its way forward in the next couple of weeks and more world championships getting ready to gear up, whether it's with off-road racing in the next month or so, or whether it's with eNASCAR, trying to develop and trying to adjust more so to the changes because I think a lot of drivers will have a lot of bent tempers coming up at Nashville. It certainly is going to be the case, and we hope all of you can watch and tune in on Tuesday night starting at 8.30 with Countdown Agreen on all of iRacing and eNASCAR streaming services with the race starting at 9 o'clock. With that, it is time we come to a close for our special guest, Will Vincent from RaceSpot TV. For my co-host, Justin Prince, our producer, Richard Colbreth, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. <laughs>